Letters 41 to 45 of Series 2 of the Letters of John Huss by Emile de Bonachose. Translated by Campbell Mackenzie. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Letters 41 to 45. Letter 41. To John Cardinal. John Huss replies to the father, that is to say, to the cardinal clearly establishing that it is better to die for the truth than to depart from it, though only a nail's breadth, even under the false pretext of the good of the church. May the Almighty God, sovereignly good and wise, deign to bestow on my Father eternal life for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. Reverend Father, I am most grateful for your benevolent and paternal interest, I dare not submit myself to the council in the limits that you trace out to me, whether because I should be obliged to condemn many truths that they term fraudulent, or because I should be obliged to perjure myself by abjuring and confessing that I had held errors, by which I have greatly scandalized the people of God, who have heard me say the contrary in my preaching." If, then, in the book of Maccabees it is written of Eleazar, a man of the ancient law, that he refused to lie by confessing that he had eaten meats prohibited by the ancient law, for fear of acting thus against God, and leaving a bad example to posterity, how should I, a priest of the new law, although unworthy, through the terror of pain of a short duration, consent gravely to transgress the law of God, by keeping back from the truth, by perjuring myself, and, lastly, by offending my neighbor. Truly, it is more advantageous to die than to fall into the hands of God by flying from a momentary evil, and perhaps afterwards to fall into the fire and into eternal opprobrium. Therefore, since I have appealed to Jesus Christ, to the judge, sovereignly just and powerful, confiding to him my cause, I am resolved to adhere to his decision and to his holy and sacred sentence, knowing that he will judge all men, not according to false witnesses or to the errors of counsels, but according to the truth and their own merits. Letter 42 john cardinal to john huss the father insists on the counsel which he has given whoever thou mayest be who readest these pages see how false the title of the church deceives the excellent cardinal in the first place my well-beloved brother do not let yourself be troubled by the fear of condemning truths for it is not you who will condemn these but those who are your superiors and ours. Meditate on these words. Rely not on your own prudence. There are many wise and conscientious men in the council. My son, listen to thy mother's law. This is my point. I come to the second concerning the perjury of the manor. This perjury, even if it be one, will not fall on you, but on those who exact it. Heresy ceases where obstinacy ends. Augustine, Origen, 
the master of the sentences and many others have erred and returned with joy from their errors i also often thought i was perfectly understood certain things in which i was mistaken when better informed i returned with eagerness to a different opinion i write briefly for i write to an intelligent man do not stray from the truth but arrive at it you will not perjure yourself but will become better do not offend but edify that you eliezer obtained a great glory but judith with his seven sons and eight martyrs obtained much greater paul did not hesitate to be let down in a basket in order to propagate a better law may jesus christ the judge of your appeal accord you apostles like these some combats for the faith of jesus christ are still due from you letter forty three huss relates another combat of the flesh and spirit for the confession of the truth a combat worthy of fixing the attention of pious men salutation to you through jesus christ i beseech you for god's sake not to show my letters nor to publish them for i fear they might place several persons in jeopardy if vetus remains let him be prudent i rejoice greatly to learn that my gracious lord is coming to me our saviour raised up lazarus to life on the fourth day when he already began to decay he preserved jonas in the belly of the fish and restored him to his preaching he drew daniel in safety from the lion's den that he might write his prophecies he preserved from the flames his three young men in the furnace and he delivered susanna already condemned and on the point of perishing wherefore he could as easily snatch also from prison and death me unfortunate man that i am were it conducive to the glory and advantage of the faithful and to my own welfare the power of him who drew peter out of prison by his angel then condemned to die at jerusalem and who caused the chains to fall from his hands is not diminished but let the lord's will be done may it be fully accomplished in me for his glory and my sins a doctor said to me if in all things i would submit to the council everything would then be good and legitimate for me he added if the council asserted you had but one eye although you have two still it would be necessary to say the council was right if the whole world replied i should affirm such a thing i could not as long as i possessed the use of my reason assent to it without wounding my conscience after other conversation he abandoned his argument and said to me i confess i have not chosen my example well the lord is with me like a valiant warrior the saviour is my light and salvation whom should i fear the lord defends my life who shall make me tremble in these latter times i often repeat this sentence lord i suffer violence answer for me for what shall i say to my enemies john huss 
a servant in hope of Jesus Christ. Letter 44. To a Friend. An admirable confession of the infirmities of human nature. The latter does not struggle against the evil only, for the flesh strives perpetually against the spirit and is not easily brought under its yoke. Reader, peruse this letter and rejoice. Salutation to you through Jesus Christ. Learn, very dear friend, that Pallets, in endeavoring to persuade me, told me that I ought not to dread the shame of an abjuration, but to think only of the good which would ensue from it. I answered, the opprobrium of being condemned and burned is greater than that of sincerely abjuring. What shame should I fear, then, in abjuring? But tell me, Pallas, how wouldst thou act if thou wert assured that errors were falsely imputed to thee? Wouldst thou wish to abjure them? That, in fact, would be hard, replied he, and he wept. We afterwards spoke of many things which I refuted. Michael de Cossus, this miserable man, has appeared several times before my prison with the deputies of the council, and whilst I was with them, said to the keepers, By the grace of God, we shall soon burn this heretic on whom I have spent many florins. Know, my friend, that nevertheless, I do not express in this letter a vow of vengeance. I leave it to God, and I pray for this man from the bottom of my heart. I again exhort you to be prudent with my letters. Michael has forbidden that any person should be introduced into my prison, even the wives of my keepers. Oh, great God, how far does Antichrist extend his power and cruelty? But I trust that his reign will be cut short, and his iniquity laid bare in the midst of a faithful people. The Almighty God will strengthen the hearts of the faithful whom he has destined from before the beginning of the world to the crown of immortal glory. Though Antichrist shall exercise his fury as he pleases, nevertheless he shall not be able to prevail against Christ, who, according to the words of the Apostle, will destroy him by a single breath of his mouth. And the creature then shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption and clothe itself, says the apostle, with the glorious liberty of the sons of God. I am greatly consoled by these words of our Savior. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you, and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice ye in that day, and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. Luke 6 An admirable consolation, though difficult not to understand, but to receive well, for it invites us to delight in afflictions. St. James observed this rule with the other apostles. Count it, says he, all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work. St. James, chapter 1. 
Truly, it is difficult to rejoice thus with an unshaken heart. And to consider all trials as subjects for rejoicing, it is easy to say, but difficult to do it. He who was the most patient and most intrepid, who knew that he should rise again the third day, should vanquish his enemies by his death, and redeem his elect from condemnation, was, nevertheless, troubled in mind after the Last Supper, and cried, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. The Gospel informs us that he groaned and trembled, that an angel comforted him in his agony, and that his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. But in his agony he said to his disciples, Let not your heart be troubled, for I shall be with you to the end of the world. And his valiant soldiers, their eyes fixed upon their chief, the king of glory, have endured a great combat. They have passed through fire and water and have not perished and have received from the Lord that crown alluded to by St. James when he says, Blessed is the man who endureth temptation, for when he is tried he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. A glorious crown, which the Savior will grant to me, I firmly hope, and to you also fervent defenders of the truth, and to all those who persevere in the love of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has suffered for us, bequeathing us his example, that we might follow in his footsteps. It was necessary that he should suffer, as he himself has declared, and we who are his members must suffer with him who is our head. For he has said, If any will come with me, let him take up his cross and follow me. O divine Jesus, draw us nigh unto thee, weak as we are, for if thou dost not draw us nigh unto thee, we cannot follow thee. Fortify my spirit, that it may become strong and resolute. The flesh is weak, but let thy grace protect, assist, and save us, for without thee we can do nothing, and are, above all, incapable of facing on thy account a cruel death. Give me a determined mind, an intrepid heart, a pure faith, and perfect charity, that I may be enabled to lay down my life for thee with patience and joy. Amen. Written in prison and in irons on the eve of the festival of St. John the Baptist, who was decapitated for having risen up against the corruption of the wicked. May he pray for us to Jesus our Lord. Letter 45 To a Friend Tomorrow at six o'clock I am to answer on the following points. I am asked in the first place if I am willing to acknowledge as erroneous all the articles extracted from my books, if I abjure them, and if I engage to preach to the contrary. In the second place, 
whether I am willing to confess that I have preached the articles imputed to me by my witnesses. Thirdly, and lastly, if I abjure them. God grant that the emperor may hear the words which God will put into my mouth, and if I am accorded pens and paper, as I hope I shall, by the grace of God, I will make the following answers in writing. I, John, servant of Jesus Christ, refuse to confess that any of the articles extracted from my books are erroneous, through fear of condemning the opinions of the holy doctors and, above all, of St. Augustine. Secondly, I refuse to admit that I have held or preached the articles which are imputed to me by false witnesses. Thirdly, I refuse to abjure through fear of perjuring myself. In the name of heaven, take great care of my letters and send them to Bohemia with precaution, lest they may place many persons in danger. Keep me in remembrance, should you not receive news from me again, and pray to God that he may bestow constancy on me and Jerome, my brother in Christ. For I believe, as I understood from the deputies, that he will suffer death with me. End of Letter 45 End of Letters 41 to 45 of Series 2 of the Letters of John Huss by Emile de Bonachose, translated by Campbell Mackenzie.